Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. One of the scholars have said, stories in the Quran, specifically prophet stories, are jundun min junudillah. One of Allah's soldiers that he uses to strengthen the heart of the people. When the alim, he said this statement, the people listening, one of them said, ma dariluk, what's your proof? So he quoted an ayah from the Quran. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim wa kullan naqussu alayka min anba'i rusul O Muhammad, O believers, we tell you the stories of the prophets and the Quran. Why? Ma nuthabbitu bihi fu'adak. What makes your heart strong during the times of fitna and tribulation, this is the time that we are desperate. And Allah tells you, the stories of prophets are of the greatest asbab and means to make you strong. May Allah strengthen all of your hearts. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. And now we're not going to talk about any prophet. We don't differentiate. We believe in all of them. In terms of Iman, we believe in one and disbelieve in the other. But there is a differentiation as in who is better than the other. But this prophet of today السلام, is special. He is not just a prophet that Allah sent. He's one of Ulul Azmi min al-Rusul. What does that mean? One of the top and the elite prophets Allah has sent. And who are the five? Help me out, inshallah. Give me a name. Top five. Give me one. Nuh alayhi salam. Excellent. Go ahead. Ibrahim alayhi salam. Isa ibn Maryam. Huh? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And? Musa. Ahsanta. May Allah bless you, protect you, and grant you the companionship of all five. Say ameen. Musa alayhi salam, the most mentioned prophet in the Quran. Isn't that just good enough of a start? The most mentioned name of a prophet in the Quran. How many times? About 136 times the name of Musa was in the Quran. And how many surahs? About actually over 30 surahs from out of 114. Musa alayhi salam is the one who should all of you, inshallah, when you see him in Jannah, you will say, Jazakallahu khayran. Why? You will see him in Jannah and you might even probably give him a hug. Why? Because without Allah and then him, I had to take a break to go pray my 47th salah. What do you mean? I'm confused. Rasulullah sallallahu when he received the obligation to pray to Allah, Allah says 50 salah. 50 salah. And by the way, Allah would never make it possible except that you can do 50 salah, 50 of them. But Musa alayhi salam, when he saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, ma amaraka rabbuk, what did Allah obligate upon you? He says, khamsuna salah, 50 salawat. He says, bro, I dealt with Bani Israel. Ya Nabi Allah, go and ask for takhfif, to lighten the number. Back and forth until it became five. But five in movements, but 50 in reward. May Allah make you steadfast upon salah, say ameen. So now your love to Musa should have grown to the next level. Musa السلام, is the only prophet Allah has recorded in the Quran since the creation of Adam that he spoke to Allah while he is on earth. Muhammad السلام, I said the word earth. Muhammad السلام, spoke to Allah while he was in the heavens. And Musa gave, was given the title Kalimullah, the one who spoke to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The story of Musa, last part before I jump right to the story, is, has full of lessons, full of lessons to the one who was born in chaotic times, whether war zones, to the people that were born in COVID. Everyone is tested according to their Iman. Being born in COVID, I remember Hiba, my daughter, may Allah bless her, and all my daughters, I mean, and all your children, when COVID hit, she was still a baby. 
And then she's growing a little bit when she saw people coming to the house, when things were coming a bit loose in terms of rules and visitation, she would be terrified. She used to be extremely quiet. And subhanAllah, it kind of makes you sad a little bit, does it not? Especially the children at that time, may Allah bless them and protect them. This story is for children and people who were raised in rich families. May Allah make you all rich in deen, ameen rabbal alameen, and dunya was good for you, right? And this story is also good for people that come from poor families. How is that possible? That's Musa Rich family you will see, poor family you will see. For the ones who fight for injustice, Musa is your role model to learn from. And to those who committed the crime, learn from Musa. Subhanallah. To the one who fight for injustice, I will learn from him. And for the ones who committed a crime, I will learn from him. Naam. He's a human being at the end of the day. To the ones that are very isolated and have no one around them. To the one who have a whole nation following them. Musa السلام, is the one to look up to and, and the highlight. The highlight of all highlights. To the ones who are oppressed. Al-Mazlumeen. You have a role model in Musa and his yaqeen and certainty in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brother, bismillah, go for it. When did this happen? Where was Musa? Musa was in Egypt. But before I tell you about his birth, before I tell you when he came to this dunya, let me tell you a little bit about history. So Egypt, obviously we know where is Egypt, what continent? Africa, right? Without getting into too much political matters about Africa, and some people said when you talk about the map, it should be upside down, so Africa should be on the top and North America at the bottom, but it gets a little bit too political sometimes, but let's make the session simple. There's a guy, his name is Fir'aun. Is that his name or is that the title? It's a title. So everyone who leads during the time of Egypt at that time is known as a Fir'aun. What is his actual name? We don't have a specific confirmation from the Quran or Sunnah. But was he a good leader? He was absolutely miserable. He was actually the worst Fir'aun of all Pharaohs. He was so arrogant, such a narcissist, that he went as far as saying, Ana al He got so obsessed about himself that he said he's God. Mission, he's the best. I'm number one. No one is better than me. No, I am God. I am worthy of worship. You are nothing without me. You all need me. He went so far in his dhulum, in his oppression, in his arrogance, that he had to oppress an entire nation to maintain his position and seat. Who is that nation he oppressed? Were they the Egyptians? No. It was Bani Israel. Okay? They were like Muslim immigrants. Who are Bani Israel? Two words. Bani means what? Children. Israel, pay close attention. My, my friends and colleagues, they said, add this in your, in your notes. Bani Israel, the children of Israel. Israel is a name of a prophet. Don't forget that, Abadan, because sometimes people curse at Israel and so on. Israel is a Nabi in Anbiya Allah, is a prophet of Allah. What's his other name? Ya'qub. So Prophet Ya'qub, Jacob is Israel. It's the same man, but just different names. So when we say Bani Israel, we're talking about the children of Israel. How many children does Israel السلام, have or had? Twelve. Excellent. Tell me one famous son he had. Yusuf السلام, Excellent. Yusuf السلام, he was from Asham, from Philistine area and so on. So Yusuf السلام, you wonder, okay, if they were born there and Yaqub was from the Sham area, what brought them to Egypt? Long story short, 
Yusuf moved to Mصر, moved to Egypt, and eventually became the financial minister of Egypt. And just like many people, especially in Dearborn, right, when one uncle moved, for example, from Yemen, you have the whole family move over. So we got shughul, alhamdulillah, we got a Chrysler, we got this, we got that, we got all the good stuff, right? Alhamdulillah, may Allah bless all of your family. Say Ameen. And that's Yusuf السلام, moved. He had a good job, good income. He told his whole family, come move. And all of Bani Israel ended up in Egypt. Time passes by, hundreds of years, eventually, Bani Israel moves from being leaders in the government to being people who are receiving so much oppression from this man right here, Fir'aun. May Allah protect us from all Fir'auns, even our time, Amir Rabbil Alameen. Now this Pharaoh, he was hearing a lot about someone, some religion according to him, Abrahamic religion, that there might be someone eventually who will help Bani Israel and lift the oppression and so on. But he didn't take it too, too serious. Until one night, he woke up Fazir from a nightmare. In this nightmare, he wakes up yelling, screaming, this Pharaoh in his palace, in his mansion, what is scaring God today? Subhanallah, Who, what's scaring you today? It's a nightmare he had. So he called all the magicians, all the dream interpreters, all the fortune tellers, all the priests, all the chiefs. He's going nuts. Everyone, just come. What do you want? Just get up. Fir'aun wants you. It's late at night. You either get up or you will stay sleeping forever. <laughs> what do you want to do? I'm coming. I'm coming. So they all came to Fir'aun. What's the matter? Ya ayyuhal malik, ya ayyuhal rabb, whatever they said. What's the matter? He's a dream. A nightmare that I had. I want to know what does it mean? What's the dream? He said, I, I dreamt nar, fire, comes from a sham area. This fire is coming and goes and destroys all of the homes of the Egyptians, wal-aqbat, then the Coptic people. But it does not harm the people of Bani Israel. We all live in the same area, correct? Bani Israel and the Egyptians and so on. Now they are in Egypt. But this fire burns all of us, but not Bani Israel, these losers. What does this mean? They come together. They're nervous. They have to tell them. They have to tell him what's the dream. Should we say it as is? Just say it as is. Just tell him the truth. You agree that's what it means, right? Yeah, yeah. Consensus, any difference of opinion? And you just tell him, tell him. Yeah, Fir'aun. We all have agreed on the meaning of the dream. This dream means Ghulamun, a young boy who is born from Bani Israel which originally from Asham, originally, that will come, dethrone you, take over your kingdom, and change the religion of the land, and this boy shall soon be born. What? One of Bani Israel, these wicked people, takes over my throne? No way, soldiers! Asab, angry! Command! What's the command, sir? Yes, sir! From now on, every single baby boy that is born, kill him. No, what about those who never, tonight, the moment you hear a baby crying from a house, that means a delivery took place, you kill them, no questions asked. No one opens up their mouth. Allah said, he killed them. Not, not throwing them in the river and let them drown. 
No, yidabih with the knife and cuts them off and right in the house and they leave them and they walk by. So what about the girls? Let them survive in this pain. May Allah protect us all. Ya Rabb. Misery. Allah says he's a corrupter. He's a corrupter. And I want you all to remember something. If Fir'aun says every boy shall die and Allah wants to make one survive, then no power in the world can stop that. Yes or no? So if the whole world, if all of us, all of us wants to move this poster right here, this painting, all of us, uh, let's go, all of us, and Allah wants it to remain, wallahi, no power in the world will move it. And the opposite is true. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it to float in the air, and all of us try to put it back, Allah will not put it back if what He wants it is to float in the air. And always remember that. If Allah is with you, then it doesn't matter who's against you. He took all the means. And now the rule is being applied. How does it work? There are soldiers along with them. They are midwives, if you wish to say, who are responsible to mark every house that is expecting a baby. So they go through all of Bani Israel neighborhood. And they were, some say, in the hundreds of thousands. And the moment they know there's a pregnancy, there's a mark on the house and they check the due date and they always check what happened to the child. Every mother and father and family that were once excited to have a baby, maybe even decorated the room, maybe they just got married two years ago or so, and that's their first child. After all that joy, it's, not, it's a nightmare. And they all pray, Ya Allah, please protect us. Ya Allah, help us. And no one wants to have a baby boy for what a disaster it may be. And I will not exaggerate, I believe, if I say, perhaps the next day there was a baby who was delivered. You may agree? Possibly. And possibly that next day, the soldiers walk in, they hear the baby crying. Maybe the mom doesn't know what's going on. They grab the baby. It's a boy, and they get with a cut and kill and throw him in the house, and they leave. Why? There's a lot of babies to take care of. But why? What will Allah do to people? that separate the children from the parents. Ya Allah, Ya Wailu, Ya Wailaha. Woe to the one who separates between a parent and the child. These are not my words, though it's common sense. Look to what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said. He says, Man wa Whoever separates a mom from her children and also for the father's works. You will be separated from your loved ones on Qiyamah. You'll be isolated, you'll be lonely, and what a adab that will be. May Allah protect us. So don't be a mini Fir'aun and separate people from their families unjustly. May Allah protect us. Not just that, Allah says to those who cut the family, very strong language, be ready. They're the ones that Allah says, I will show no mercy to. I'll make them deaf, I'll make them blind. No thing can change, nothing can change them. It's over for them. May Allah protect us. And beware when you do such moves. The soldiers kill a baby after the other. Some said thousands of babies have died already. There's a complaint being raised. The chiefs, they gather. Fir'aun, we want to share with you a concern here. What do you guys want? Okay, see all the workers that we have, all the dirty job then. Not one Masri or Qipti does. Who does it? Ben Israel. Okay, what do you guys want? So when they eventually, these workers get old, they retire, there's not another generation that will continue the job. So then we're going to have a really big time shortage of employees. 
That's what he has proposed. How about you just do something, like change the rule a little bit, do something. He said, okay. A year we kill all the baby boys and a year we spare them. What do you guys think? Sure, I'm sure every one of them thinks it's, it's, it's just dumb anyways. Like, what about what if it was that one year that this guy comes out, right? According to them. Anyhow, the rule changes. The, notes, the news spreads like wildfire. Guys, halas, one year there's killing of babies, one year there isn't. There was a mother who, alhamdulillah, was pregnant during the year where there's no killing of babies. Alhamdulillah. And then when she delivered, it was a boy. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And that boy was a wonderful child. His name was Harun, right? Harun. Musa's coming, inshallah, right? Harun, alayhi salam. Some say Harun, had a, he had a sister, a wonderful sister. Some say her name was Maryam. So now they have, she has two child, this wonderful mom, Maryam and Harun. Maryam is the older sister. Now the year of killing babies comes. And many people here know that even if you don't want to have a child, Allah can still make it happen. Even if you take all the precautions, all the measures to not have a child, it can happen. And if it happens, no one complains about Allah. Because remember, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا Allah will never make something happen like that in your life when you cannot handle. Oh, I have already five kids. I can't believe I have the sixth one coming. There's, I can't do this. لا والله you can. Inshallah you can. Because Allah will never make it happen unless you can handle. And this is exactly what happened. The mother of Harun is now pregnant. But now it's during the year of killing baby boys. She's not sure if it's a boy or a girl, but she wants to take the means, and she will do whatever is necessary to do what? Hide the pregnancy. She doesn't tell her friends, doesn't tell no neighbors. She's risking her life now, why? Because if she ended up eventually being exposed, she has a baby boy, she will too be killed. Because you never told us, you never signed up. When you're pregnant, we have a whole registration process. You never did it. So you and your kid and whoever knows and was silent will also be killed. May Allah protect us all. Amin. So then this happens to her. She still insists, I want to take the means. I want to hide my pregnancy. She ties a rope around her stomach, whatever is necessary not to have any signs of hamil. But then eventually contractions take place. Nine months or so had passed by. And now she's trying her best to suppress her pain. I don't want to yell. I don't want no one to know. Because it might be a baby boy. Eventually, she delivers the baby. And when delivers the baby, as happy as she would have been delivering the baby, as sad and concerned as she would be because it's a boy. It's a matter of time. Though she took the means, she knows it's a matter of time until the baby, what? Cries. If he is not already almost pretty much crying and trying to tone down his voice, right then and there, Allah sends revelation to that lady. How did she get a revelation? Some say ilham, Allah inserted it in her heart. Some say Allah sent an angel. Don't worry about the process, worry about the result. She received revelation. What's a revelation? Here it is. Bismillah, ready? Allah tells the mother of Musa. Now the baby, it's a matter of time till he gets killed. That's logic. Allah says, breastfeed him. Now any mother at that time, when there's a child, very likely she never even touched him, let alone breastfeed him, because they don't make it. 
by the time the soldiers they come. But Allah says, Ardi'i. Okay? Then Allah says, When you feel scared that the soldiers may know about him, What does it mean? Put him in a box, like a coffin. Cover the box. Put your baby inside it and place him onto the river. Let the river, let the box go with the flow of the river. Then Allah says, وَلَا تَخَافِي وَلَا تَحْزَنِي Don't be scared of what will happen and do not regret doing what I'm telling you to do. إِنَّا رَادُّوهُ إِلَيْكِ وَجَاعِلُوهُ مِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Allah makes two promises. What's the number one? Remember the two, please, because we will need it till the end. Number one, we promise we will bring him back to you. Anyone with intellect and logic at a human level, it makes no sense. But because you're dealing with Allah, the all-wise, you trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's judgment. So Allah says, number two, I will not just return him back to you eventually. He will be a prophet of Allah. Allahu Akbar. Mursal. Allah yuddu ila ummih. What will happen? So what was the first command? Breastfeed the child. She grabs Musa, alayhi salam, and she starts breastfeeding him. She's done the meal. He's done with drinking the milk. She places him and she starts getting what? Scared. He's going to get caught. What should I do? He's going to get caught. The soldiers are approaching. Maybe some rumors are spreading. What happens? Allah sends revelation. What's the revelation? Allah says, Now go, put him in the coffin. Cover him up and release him. She's struggling. It's painful. It's difficult. She puts the child into that basket. She covers the basket. I don't know what she did. Did she hug him? Did she cry? Did she talk to him? Did she tell him, Allah promised me you'll be back to mom. Allah promised me you'll be back to mom. Wallah, it's painful. I would travel for a weekend to do a seminar in Europe or anywhere, a weekend. will cry because of the kids when they cry for leaving. And when one of my kids would hit the window as I'm leaving, I hate da'wah. I hate da'wah. It's painful. Alhamdulillah, I'm smiling. Your smile is good. But that day, I wasn't. I wasn't going to quit da'wah. I was crying. Called my family. Like, I don't want to do this no more. I was traveling to Denmark that day. I'm done. Over a weekend that I know, inshallah, I will come back. Inshallah. Then what about a mom putting her child and logic? You're not coming back. You just, I'm going to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And she places him. And the basket flows and flows. You're like, ah, she's so lucky. Ah. Imagine I'm in trouble. Allah sends an angel. Ya Ahmed, turn right. brother I like attending your sessions. I'll be honest. Okay, I like it. Alhamdulillah. You're not perfect. There's a lot of improvement that is needed. But see, these are the parts in the story where I feel like, I don't know how I relate to this. I feel like, see, that's why, yani, la. How many promises did Allah give her? How many? Four. Four or the two? Four command, four statements, like, or four parts, sah. But as in commands, two, breastfeed him, and when you get scared, put him in the basket and into the water. That's it, sah two. How many promises did Allah give you and I? It's the Quran. I said she, Allah revealed to her, what, this is like two ayat. You have a whole Quran revealed to you full of promises. 
if you do this, I will give you that. Allah told her, if you breastfeed him, you put him into the, on, onto the river, I will bring him back, he becomes a prophet. All over the Quran, if you do one, I give you two. If you do three, I give you four. If you do five, I give you six. Give me an ayah. All over the Quran. Ah. So you never say we cannot relate. Give me an ayah in the Quran where Allah tells you, if you do one, I promise you to. Just like the mother of Musa. Huh. Allah says, whoever is stuck in a situation, okay, you're stuck in a situation, and you do that which is right, and you don't use the haram resources, and you're stuck, Allah promises you, I will give you an exit. All the doors seem closed, Allah tells you, if they all seem closed, do what's right, don't be pressured, do haram. Like that one person, may Allah forgive her, Ya Rab, and guide her. Allah knows the heart. Sp speaking to that individual with a group of people working in a bar. Why selling alcohol? Why pouring alcohol? Why? Brother, my family is struggling financially. Muslim, sister, why? Muslim, my family is struggling financially. I'm going to college. I need tuition payments. La! Attaqillah. Allah will bring an exit. Continue the ayah. There's more, one more wa'ad, one more promise. min haythu la yahtasib. And Allah said, I promise to provide you in ways you've never imagined. And many of you here are today, especially the elders, you are receiving rizq bin Allah from ways when you were a teenager, even 20s, you never thought you will have what you have today. Yes or no? Agreed? Give me another promise. It's all over the Quran and Hadith. Huh? Bismillah. One more. There's a lot. So next time you open the Quran, you promise you will try to focus a little bit more on Allah's wa'ad, Allah's promise, and how He fulfills it. Go for it. May Allah make you of the mutawakkilat. Say ameen. Whoever relies on Allah, Allah will suffice you. But let me give you a hadith. Last one. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What does he say? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, Man taraka shay'an lillah. Whoever leaves something for Allah, or you who's doing the haram, or you who's in an inappropriate relationship, or you who has an inappropriate income, you leave it for Allah. Allah promises to give you better than what you left. So we continue the story. You will, no one will come out or put in review or anything like that. You know what? We cannot relate. To, that's it. We can relate more than anyone because you have a revelation of 114 surahs. Done, inshallah. So she gets this revelation. She puts the child into that basket. It's not easy at all. At all. The basket flows and flows and flows out of all the locations that the Nile River on Allah knows best what part of it, where the basket can land, where the basket can go, it is headed towards the worst, non-negotiably possible location. No, I'm not saying it's headed to a waterfall where it fall, the basket and the coffin will flip and he will drown. No, I'm not saying in the location where there are alligators and animals, no. It's landing in the worst possible location. It landed right next to Pharaoh's palace. Sometimes the worst thing that can ever happen to you would be the best thing that will ever happen to you after that. It will bring about the best part of your life. Many people who may be refugees and they move to this country, 
the people around, they felt so bad for them. And it's, and it's very sad situation, no doubt in that. But sometimes that move, that emigration, or that migration was the best thing that happened to them. Agreed? In my situation, I'm an example in front of you. I actually came to Canada as a refugee. As a refugee, moved to a house, no furniture, slept on the carpet. I won't say the ground, we had a carpet, alhamdulillah, we brought a carpet with us. But that was sad, family was crying, oh subhanallah. But it ended up being the best thing Allah has ever given to us. But when do you realize that? Not day one or two, sometimes year five, year ten. But you have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah bless you. And if one of the best things that happened to my life is seeing you guys and being in your company, wallahi, that's enough of a ni'mah. Jazakumullah khair. Walhamdulillah for being having this wonderful group. May Allah keep us steadfast. Say ameen. So here, the baby is landing. Who sees the baby? Servers of Asiya radiallahu What did you just say? Radiallahu anha. In that palace, anyone in this palace deserves radiallahu anhu? Yes, there's one person that we know for sure. It is the wife of Fir'aun. How? She's the best of the best. She's the most humble woman in all of Masr. And I will not exaggerate if I say all earth. She was someone of generosity and kindness and gratitude. But why is she still with Fir'aun? Yeah, relax. You don't know what's happening in the house. You don't know what will happen if she tells him, you know what? I'm filing for divorce. You don't know what happens to her. So there's wisdom, there's hikmah. Don't apply the rules in one house onto the other house without knowing the conditions of the other house. She's a wonderful lady. She knows her husband is not a god. The guy is sick next to me. Eh, oh, my stomach hurts. Right? I don't know. Just don't tell no one. Just I'm contemplating about how changing the earth or whatever. Nothing nonsense. He says, I'm God. We have not God or anything like that. Right? She knows her husband is a loser. She knows it. He's killing baby boys for no reason. Why are you doing this? But she can't talk too much. Her life is on the line. She can't save the kids. It's very difficult. But whatever she can do to save at least one child, I will do anything within my capacity. The coffin arrives next to the palace. And who finds it? The servers of Asiya radiallahu anha. They pick up the box and say, let's open, up. let's open it. They say, no, no, no. Listen, if we open it, maybe Asiya will get angry. Let's not get in trouble. Okay, just as is. Okay, so they bring the box. They have no clue what's in there. So what does it mean? The baby's not crying. In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? The box is brought. And we found this right next to it. She's like, okay, open it. She opens the coffin. And immediately, she falls in love with that beautiful baby. The rahmah, the respect she has, is unbelievable. Allah says about that baby, وَأَلْقَيْتُ عَلَيْكَ مَحَبَّةً مِنِّي Whoever has a pure heart sees this baby will fall in love. So one of the ways to check your iman, see how much you love Musa salam. Right? So may Allah allow this session to increase our love towards him. It's a sign of Allah, love to Allah. So then what happened? She loves him. She says, لِي May Allah make him like a source of pleasure to me. And then what happens after that? She knows that Pharaoh knows about this baby boy. Is it obvious he's from Bani Israel? Yes, but of course, who will do that? It's the year of killing babies. So it's common sense. Also his skin color. What about his skin color? It's not the skin color of the Masriyin and the Aqbat, which is when he was very dark at that time, Musa salam. Some say she, it was her who named him Musa. She grabbed that baby. She went to Pharaoh. She said, Please, this one child. 
a pass, one pass for that one child. I'm not saying stop killing the other child. This one child, please, a source of pleasure for me and you. Please, kill him. I beg you, لا تقتلوه عسى أن ينفعنا أو نتخذه ولدا. Please, Fir'aun, I beg you. He may be a benefit for us or we may adopt him. يعني, you know, Fir'aun, we don't have kids. They never had kids at that time. So just that one baby. Fir'aun says, listen, Okay, source of pleasure for your eyes, but not for me. Sure, don't kill him. Spare his life. Subhanallah. Don't look at it in a general sense and know oh, it's only one life. If it's all what you can do is save one person. All what you can do is assist one individual. That's your capacity. Wallahi khair wa ni'mah. Yes or no? It's a blessing from Allah. It's not all or nothing. She was so happy. She was so excited. She had that baby. So here when this happened, she was so happy. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, brothers and sisters, when we mention here about the wife of Fir'aun, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not forget about who? The mother of Musa. So the next ayah in the Quran, Allah says, وَأَصْبَحَ فُؤَادُ أُمِّ مُوسَى فَارِغًا Allah says the heart of the mother of Musa was empty. What is it? فَارِغًا Empty. Empty from anything. You want to eat something? You, did, you, did you do this thing that you told us to do? I can't think of anything. Nothing. No interest to sleep. No interest to feeding herself. No interest to meet anyone, talk to anyone. فَارِغًا Empty. Except from thinking about Musa. Thinking about her baby, where is he at? Where did he go? She was so much in pain, but Allah told her, لا تحزني, remember? But she's an insana. She struggled, she did very well. They agreed she did very well, step one, two, three. Struggling, you know, breastfeeding him, though it may not make sense to a human capacity, but it's okay, I trust Allah. Putting, she, she worked hard, but Allah, she's breaking down. Even though she received revelation. Fariga, empty, she's so sad. You know how bad? She was about, that's it, that's it, open the door. I lost my son. I lost, anyone here saw a, a box into the river? That my baby is there. She was going to tell the world, the soldiers, Fir'aun, my baby. That's how bad it was for her. That's how much in pain she was at. I ask you before I continue, Wallahi, please, for all the children, please don't cause pain to your mom. Wallahi, it is so painful. No one knows the magnitude of the pain except Allah. And then the mother herself that goes through that. I ask you by Allah, fear Allah with your mother specifically. Remember, as we all know, in authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ told someone who made his mom cry. He told someone who wanted to go for jihad. He told him, go, ilzamha, and go and be with your mom. Accompany your mom, accompany her. Jannah is right beneath her feet. Remember that. May Allah protect you and make your righteous children to your mom and dad. Say, I mean, was, she was in pain. But Allah says she was about to say it, but then what happened? So Allah said, as she was about to unleash, Allah says, we had the leash, a rope, and we tied her heart. So she may stay as a strong believer. You're like, see, brother? Another example in your session that I cannot relate to. 
Right? Imagine I'm about to make something, do something wrong, then all of a sudden Allah helps me out. <laughs> How amazing is that? I'm about to click something, internet freezes. Actually, that did happen. Uh, I was about to click something, my phone froze. Aywa. How many rabta Allah gave you before? Really? How many? Ask yourself. How many times? You're about to do something that is wrong, it just doesn't work out. How many times? But you want Allah in that beneficial way, you have to struggle at the beginning of the road. Are you guys with me? The last ayah in Surah Al-Ankabut, the last ayah, Allah says in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينَا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولًا Allah says, if you struggle to be good, you're trying. Oh Allah, yeah, brother, I'm trying. Allah says, I promise if you try. Another promise, shift, it's coming. If you try to become a better man, a better woman, Allah says, لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُولًا Allah says, I got you. I'll take you on the right path. I will help you. But you have to do your best to be on the right path. You, the wheel is so tough at the beginning. But Allah said, oh, then you'll get cruise control. Oh, that's nice. But you have to go through that struggle. Very famous hadith by Allah, Qudusi. Allah says, وَمَنْ أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ harwalah." Allah says, whoever walks to me. Wallahi, if Allah says, if you walk to me, the doors are open. That's amazing. Yes, Allah. Amazing. 24-7 policy. If Allah says, if you walk to me, I walk to you, you'll be humbled and shy. Like, of course I will do it. No. If you walk to me, I will run to you. But all what you have to do is take a step. Just walk. Just walk. I'm about to shake myself before I shake you. Walk, ya akhi. Tarrak. Allah, I've been trying to become a better person. It's not, no, you're, it doesn't work. And I'm telling you the options. Either Allah is not fulfilling His promise because He said you're trying, or you're doing it wrong. Are you guys with me? So make sure you do it right. May Allah guide you all to the truth. Say Ameen. And right when this is happening, she wants to speak up so loud. We're reaching the end of this session right here. The mother tells her daughter, this wonderful, amazing woman. She tells her, Qusi. Ishani. Qusi. Track your brother down. I don't know. Look around. Be smart about it. Find where he's at. Where did he end up at? And this wonderful, wonderful sister who cares about her brother, all the sisters have brothers, learn from Maryam. May Allah be pleased by her and be pleased by you. Say, I mean, she didn't say, I don't care about him. You, you and dad chose to bring him to this world, right? No, I don't have time for this. I got friends, a hangout. No, she listened to mom. Respect to mom and dad. And she went and she put her life on the line. A muhariba, a soldier, a mujahida fi sabilillah. But she had to do it very smart, right? She's walking, she has to not panic, you know, walk through the river. I don't know what she did, grab a flower, one, right, doing this. Right, I don't know, she had, to do, she had to be very smart. If you read the books of Tafsir, she had to be very intelligent because as even though they found this child, they're taking care of him, there's still some concern who are the parents. If they found out the parents, some issue happens, Pharaoh's like, just kill him, I'm not ready for this. So she comes and she walks around, and then what happens? There's chaos happening in the palace. Chaos, why? I'm, t I'm telling you this within hours from this whole experience, we're just hours. Why the chaos? This baby is not stopping the whole crying thing. We brought him so much milk, there's a whole lineup of women trying to breastfeed this boy, baby Musa, and he's rejecting. Allah made it haram, prohibited Musa to accept the milk from anyone except, except who will tell you. So as he is nervous, the baby is dying right before my eyes. Get me every single possible woman who's able to breastfeed a child. 
Go for it. Line up. No one is able to breastfeed this baby boy. What's going on? And they're fighting. I want to get paid by Pharaoh and his wife. Come on. Go in line. Anything. Nothing is working. So then she commands, take him to the marketplace. Like literally, take baby Musa, go to the downtown Masr, okay, in that time, and just say, anyone who has milk and able to provide it to a baby, go and attempt. And the souls are anxious. The, the, the baby is not just crying, he's on the verge of death. Crying so loud. What do we do? The first lady comes. I have two children. I swear I just breastfed my one of them. I don't know why he's not accepting. Let's try. Give me another chance. Wait, another doesn't work. The next lady, third, fourth, five. And who sees this? Maryam. She wants to see, like, who's that? Oh my God, that's him. Oh my God. Oh my. Okay. Okay. I'm not a mother, so I can't attempt. Okay, soldiers, soldiers, uh, uh, soldiers, I know it's a very tense situation here. Shall I tell you of a family, I'm very optimistic, I'm telling you, a family that will give the absolute care uh, this baby deserves and they will do it with sincerity and wanting nothing but the best. Come here, huh? Come here. Why you say sincerity? Why you say, why you're so confident like that? Well, because when you have an opportunity to please the king pharaoh, you will do everything you can to please him because I know we also get paid for it. Okay, they felt there's something that you know that we don't know. So where's the house? Come follow me. Imagine Maryam's walking. She has to go a little bit faster. Soldiers, a, a whole crew from the, the, the adopted son of pharaoh and queen Asya. Right, she comes, knocks on the door of that mother. Like, bismillah, bismillah, I hope she does it well. Mama. The mother opens. Mom, um, there's a stranger, a baby. He needs to be breastfed. Mama, get it, please. Okay. And they say, we're going to try and see, because you just got Harun, baby Harun. He's so cute. We're so lucky to have you. You have an opportunity to save someone's life. Anyways, okay. Mom, try him. Bismillah. But she sees the baby. Now we're smiling, but now when she sees him, She's being, the baby's being delivered by Pharaoh's soldier back to mom. She grabs the baby, controls her emotions, brings him closer to her, and he starts drinking the milk. Maryam felt relieved. Soldiers were like, yes, finally, yes. Go, go tell Asya, other soldiers, go tell, go tell the queen we found the mother who can be able to breastfeed this child. Go. And she's breastfeeding for baby Musa. Is she crying? Is she saying, Alhamdulillah, alladhi sadaqana wa'dah. Ya Allah, who fulfills his promise. Sa'at, a few hours ago, he seemed on the verge of death. And today, what? Faradadinahu ila ummihi kay taqarra'aynuha wa la tahzan wa li ta'lama anna wa'dallahi haq. So Allah says, and we returned him back to his mom so that she may see pleasure in her child and she may not regret whatever happened. Whatever happened of being pregnant, whatever happened, whatever Allah qaddar Allah for her, she will not regret it. And so she may know and all of us know that Allah's promise will always take place but most people just do not know. Remember Allah's promise. 
Musa is in the house, but now Asya tells her one last thing. Can you please move to my palace and we'll pay you, but just breastfeed him here and take care of him. So the mother of Musa says, I have a daughter, I have a son, I have a family. It will be very difficult for me to move there. Can I keep him with me in the house as a daycare and then at the end of the day or every um, time there's no meals, I can bring him back to you? Asiya radiallahu anha, the heart full of mercy and rahmah, she said yes and she approved. So Musa stayed in the house of his actual mother, but no one knows the details except you guys, inshallah, at this time. Musa grows. What happens next? Will Fir'aun know? What will happen to him? And much more after the break, inshallah. Zakumullah khir.